everybody. This is the Burst and Bloom podcast. Uh, my name is Guy Capsalter III, and I'm here with Dylan Matrano and Ted Ehlers. Yes, Ted Ehlers. Boom. Ted Ehlers is our special guest. And uh, we're going to be looking today at the album Bubblegum Cigarettes that Ted Ehlers produced. It's uh, my songs, all his vision and production. Yeah, and one of my favorite albums. Whoa. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's uh, it's fabulous. That's bold. Well, you made it that way, Ted. I I have to say, I like I like albums of mine where I have the less I do on them, the more I like them. Um, which is not to say that I do like them. You know, we all have our weird shit, right? Yeah. But Dylan said he liked it. What do you What do you think, Dylan? You gave it a listen. Yes, I've listened to it several times. <laughs> thousands yeah i mean i'm curious how this came to be this collaboration where i mean i know guy is always making records but how did how did you get into the the equation ted well guy simply asked me and he had a pile like a stockpile of music that i was allowed to kind of comb through and pick from and that's exactly (laughs) what i did um and my idea was i would pick something kind of fun and poppy and then pair it with something a little deeper and since there were so many songs, I could easily make an album just by alternating those two feels. Interesting. And they were all uh, just in sort of demo states or in early recorded states, just kind of guitar and voice. Right. And what made you think that uh, you wanted to work with Ted Guy? Oh, because Ted's a genius. I Correct, became yeah. addicted, enamored. <laughs> I fell fully in love uh, with his podcast, the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast, and uh, his production skills on that are so tremendous. And I was kind of blown away because, you know, he's a he's a nice, casual, self-deprecating, uh, mildly self-aware human. But <laughs> I, I didn't know he had all those skills. And I said, hey, how can I put my fingers into into Ted's uh, pudding? so to speak. <laughs> and for me, it was a really miraculous uh, process. And some of the some of the songs were quite old and some of them were brand new. And as he was doing songs, I was trying to sort of write around what, what he was bringing forth to the songs. But literally, I would send him a song or two in a day and get it back by that night, just fully done, no notes. So to be clear, you were listening to his podcast, but you weren't listening to songs or music that Ted had made. That's true. Um, but I knew I knew he had the moves. Wow. You've got the yeah. moves, Ted. Oh, yes. So thank you. Know. Sure. I play a little <laughs> bass, a little guitar, but, you know, I, I can do some production stuff as well. Do you remember the first tune we did? The first one you suggested? It's all a blur. It was it was, it was uh, right after February when I did twelve albums, and then I was like, "Hey, I got a couple of things left over. Uh, yeah. I'd love to work with Ted." What was the first one? I think that one was uh, "Forest for the Trees." Oh, okay. And uh, you suggested it, or maybe I suggested it, but it was the first one we did, and it came out so good. I think we were both very excited by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I say, it's a, a freaky mystery how you're doing it. So tell us a little bit about your process, figuring out what sounds would work with which songs and other alliterations. 
Well, I do have what I call a, a sort of a beat archive of various drum breaks and little snippets and things I've sampled over the years. And uh, that one kind of started with your stuff. I think there was just guitar maybe and vocals. And then um, I went into sort of a, a Be My Baby Ronettes drum beat that you'd hear in Motown or <laughs> like the Jesus and Mary Chain used it. And yeah. it's that boom, boom, boom. And uh, that was kind of the foundation of the groove of that. And uh, then I put some slide guitars and it, it sort of started sounding like a real song, which made me feel very happy and satisfied. And I, I think you agreed. Yep. I totally did. Maybe we could give that a listen. Yeah. Forest for the Trees. was Forest for the Trees by Guy Kapislautro III with Ted Ellers. And Ted Ellers. He didn't he didn't really want his name on it at first, but it's it's at least 90% his work, so <laughs> I insisted. Ted I was thinking tiny, yeah. Yeah, well Ted did did all the sequencing, he did the the mixing, the mastering, all the instrumentation, he did the artwork. I mean, yeah, I just did a tiny little bit. Let's talk about that artwork, if we could. Let's that, do, I think let's is, do. It's one of the most exciting things about the record, I think. Um, <laughs> it's this, uh, 
let's describe it. It's the Rexel building in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's this like electronics distribution company. It's this old industrial building with kind of a gullwing roof line. And it looks like it ought to be a bowling alley or a, a roller rink or something. Absolutely. And it went through different incarnations. Suddenly the oh, yeah. trees, the clouds changed. Lots of clouds. Uh, I just, I, every time I pass that building, I want to turn it into something. So I turned it into an album cover. And it's been tagged for the album cover. Yes. A fortune <laughs> in spray paint. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like listening to these songs, just about every bar, there's some sort of surprise. Like for me, that's kind of one of the, the main features of this is that you never really know what's going to happen. You know, there's no, there's no time to catch your breath <laughs> for a lot of these songs. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But the, yeah, I mean, like you say, if you have a stockpiled beats and samples and things that you've collected over the years, it kind of reminds me of the collaboration that the the Dust Brothers and the Beastie Boys did for Paul's Boutique, how, you know, they, they went to the Dust Brothers to to produce this album and the dust brothers just have this whole, you know, treasure trove of, of sounds. And it feels like you're just kind of like, you know, going through a box of, of treats and seeing what sticks. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to, to hear a lot of these sounds with guys music. It's, it doesn't sound anything like any of guys, other records, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, that's true. It's funny. You mentioned the well, Paul's boutique because that's one of my favorite albums. And I wanted to be a Dust Brother, I think, uh, growing up. That was uh, something I wanted to do. And so it's full room of... in uh, the bed for you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there is, it's a bunch of crate dug stuff. And uh, I just wanted a lot of tricks and things popping out and jarring you. Kind of uh, suddenness is something I like. Yeah. I did listen again today. And uh, yeah, keep I keep hearing new things every time. So kudos, my friend. Tremendous work. Thank you. Thank you. Shall we hear another song? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ted, you were saying Igloo has some kind of something for you. Igloo's got a lot of stuff going on, I think. The the rhythm kind of changes several times and it's got a lot of sound layers to it. And I think that kind of shows off that production style. All right. Give that a spin. Swaps the window 
Igloo. Ted, tell us a little bit about your history as a musician. Um, uh, yeah, because you come, I feel like you come from a different place than us indie rockers, and uh, I totally admire and respect and am befuddled by your your wild aesthetic. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I was uh, a kid with a guitar in my hands, uh, I think in the 90s. I'll say the 90s, early 90s. And, and someone at, beat you up and took your guitar. Got stolen, and so I had nothing else but records to make music out of at that point. And it's easier to do on your own, and that's kind of what I focused on. And I made kind of electronic music or sample-based music. Um, I liked hip-hop, but I wasn't necessarily a fan of all the rhymes. I liked the beats, and uh, that's what I did. That's how I built my songs. Where would we have heard these songs? Did you ever release anything or, or perform? Oh, I've, I've never released anything. This was all just kind of like bedroom production stuff. And uh, I would tell friend, like my friends and family about it and give them burnt CDs or tapes. Perhaps it's time for a retrospective, a Ted Ehlers retrospective through the years. Oh, I could comb my archives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet that'd be cool. So before you had done this album with Guy, have you collaborated with other artists? I don't know. I know you did something with, with Jim Ryu, but was that before or after? 
That was after. That was based on the success of this record. <laughs> yeah, Jim said I should try Ted out. He wasn't <laughs> sure if it would work for his stuff, but if it went okay with me, he was going to jump in. Look, fast turnaround is my thing. Uh, I like to come in under budget. Um, <laughs> but prior to that, no, I've just been like playing some bass in a band and uh, doing stuff like that, jamming along with Jim on Sundays in his barn. Sure. Um, but no, I'm not really part of uh, what I would see as the indie scene of the Seacoast area. Uh, I'm not really, I'm kind of on the outside of that, observing it. But now oh, I'm sort of part of it. now, Ted. I'm on the inside and I kind of like it. Yep, now you're tapping against the glass, wondering what it's like outside. <laughs> right, I, I'm sure it's great. You miss it. Just admit it. Well, uh, one last song I would like to play is the uh, the Making Muscles song. Because oh, that yeah. one is just a, um, that one's a mind fuck. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to swear. Let's put up some warnings, Dylan, because that one's a mind fuck. When I heard that, I was just like, ba-boing. <laughs> I think after that, I like pulled three of the songs that you were going to work on and said, let's go with like a different route because I want mm. I want some more upbeat upbeat stuff because that seemed to be where you were you were really flying high. Yeah, that one's a bop. I agree. Um, do you remember where some of those samples came from? Oh, that's a real kitchen sink, and it, it probably has <laughs> twenty or so samples in it. I think there's maybe a little slice of some Sonny and Cher and some One Hundred and One Strings Orchestra. I'm <laughs> sure is hiding on in there. Uh, all kinds of breakbeats and, and tricks and whistles and bells. Uh, I did play some synthesizer in it as well. Um, I think, wasn't I, there flute in that one? Is that the one? There's some kind of sign sound. I'm, I'm in love with that kind of like uh, good vibrations, uh, Beach Boys sound, that kind of like uh, sine wave synthesizer or theremin-like sound. It's unstoppable. So that's a bit of my signature, yeah. Well, let's take a listen.
Making Muscles by Guy Capasalaptra III with Ted Ellers. That's such a funny tune, yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel excited and nervous and anxious at the same time. <laughs> I'm all sweaty and weird feeling now. Guy, did you ever try to play these songs after you made this record? I haven't. We would need a very big band um, mm-hmm. to play them. You know, I make a lot of things that I can't really play. And when I'm thinking about albums, I'm just trying to serve the songs and I'm not not always thinking, hey, how is this going to translate to a live band? Which, you know, then I end up trying to do these weird cover, cover live cover versions of albums I've made where I'm approximating what we did in the studio. But this one seems utterly untenable in a delightful way and <laughs> may just sit on the shelves as, as is, which is, is fine by me. But there are people who are performers that with like a dj or or somebody you know electronic musicians that you know you could go out there and you could sing these songs and have some some stuff happening with you for sure i would try it um yeah i'm a little chicken though you know i'm a little little baby chicken squawk squawking around this one's a tough one but i yeah i do love it and and i it was uh there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff from childhood on this on this record. I didn't intend it uh when I started out to have it be thematic, but it's a very childhood and maybe early early relationship kind of scene lyrically. Yeah. And Ted, do you think that this is something that you would like to try to to play out? It's probably playable in some kind of basic form. Um I did go for kind of a, a big and crazy record, and I, I think I kind of succeeded at that. <laughs> when it was done, I was like, I felt like I had made like Odelay or something. It was just a, <laughs> a crazy amalgamation of stuff, and I was so proud of it. Yes, as well you should be. Yeah. So we, we mentioned that you had made a record with Jim Ryu that we should talk about on a future podcast. Yes. But have you done anything else that we should uh, look out for? Um, I did help score uh, NPR podcast called Taking Cover, which explores this kind of uh, marine friendly fire incident, mm. and uh, that was a uh, that was a, a lot of um, a lot of kind of 
the same type of production techniques, but trying to create a more uh, just kind of soundtracky sound, sure. ambient stuff and, and little pieces of uh, guitar and, and things like that. But that's uh, that's available on I don't know. And where does NPR come from? The radio comes from your soul, man. Yeah, it comes from either your soul or I think you can probably find it on Apple Podcasts. Which is your soul? <laughs> Basically, at this at this point, yes, Apple Podcasts <laughs> is my soul. Well, speaking of podcasts, um, would you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Oh heavens, uh, I have a podcast called the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast. And uh, it's a fictional, semi-scripted comedy podcast where I play a whole bunch of characters. Uh, it takes place in 1982, and it's basically just sitting in on recording sessions for uh, like voiceovers and commercials. And it's gone on so long that I think the main characters are starting to turn into a kind of an action movie scenario. My name is Roy H. Pomeroy, and I am a prisoner. It has been three days since I was tossed into this dank prison of stone. There was no trial, and no charges were levied against me. My prison cell is not without its comforts, however. But it, it did start quite humble, just recording like ads for wheat thins and having to do a hundred takes of like the word wheat. There's too much H in it or something like that, but... Um, Yes, it continues to come out on an almost weekly basis, and uh, it's it's been probably uh, maybe the most popular thing I've been involved with. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I know these characters so well at this point, Ted. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can I can picture them. I thought I saw Henry walking down the street a couple weeks ago when I was in New York, but uh, it wasn't wasn't him, sadly. But tremendous yeah. tremendous work. Everyone out there should start from the beginning. It's a real journey. I feel like, you know, if you want to dip in, you can try that. But you gotta you gotta start from the beginning because there are places that that it goes. It's either going to become your favorite thing or it's just going to pass through you harmlessly. So there's really no downside in trying it. <laughs> it's like a low-hanging cloud. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit of mist. Mm -hmm. That's the review. The Roy H. Palmer I show. <laughs> just a little mist. Harmless check, mist. Check it out, people. Harmless mist. I would love to uh, hear more music from you in the future. I hope that we uh, get to hear some of your your archival recordings as well as some new some new music from you oh thank you dylan i will say uh i think you have something coming up in february don't you ted oh i must yes uh, yes you're working on a pale pale wallace album oh that's right is that is that that time of year again <laughs> i think it is it i gotta like get cracking yeah. yeah i gotta i gotta come up with about 30 songs and you just pick what ones you like yeah, I think we're going to go for a trip-hop-themed album. And Jim and I had tried this, Jim from, from Pale Wallace, Jim Ryu and myself, who was on a previous podcast. We um, yeah, have been doing this Pale Wallace project. This will be maybe our 12th, 12th time around. But we tried to do a kind of trip-hoppy one, and it didn't, didn't sound good at all because we kind of both stink at the production. But hopefully in Ted's hands, it'll, it'll fly, it'll soar. Oh, this one will be very spooky and very exciting. Give it to me. Oh, that sounds right. great. I'm excited for that. Thanks for being here to talk about the album that we, we made. It's uh, of course. such a treat to hear, hear some insight into the album, things that I didn't even know and certainly Dylan didn't. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Guy and Dylan. And we, we hope to have you back. I'll be back. 
Thanks for listening. This has been the Burst and Bloom Podcast.